0: Well, if they're twinks, too, they're wearing the nice, like, thong underwear, so as to expose their <laughs> supple backsides to the, uh... Yeah, so to, when they, they bow the and get a little whale tail. There we go! This, now this is something. <laughs> is it? I don't know. I, I,
1: I, what's something to me is Josh saying, the thong underwear. <laughs> <laughs> it's like... A- I was just rewatching season one of Gemstones and she's like I'm an adult daddy I wear adult panties now with the string that goes up my crack so good
2: Welcome to the Worst of All Possible Worlds, the first and only podcast that has a branded thong underwear. I'm the Worst of All Possible AJ's.
0: Mm. I'm the Worst of All Possible Josh's. I'm the Worst of All Possible Brian's. And And I hope you're hyped, everybody. Oh, I'm hyped, dude. And uh, let me tell you why I'm hyped, folks. Mm. We have an incredible brand synergy crossover event happening Mm -hmm. for the first time in the history of the worst of all possible worlds. Ooh. Wait, who just said it's... AJ, was that you? (laughs) Who said it's fire? It's me. No, it's you Little Huddy. Little Huddy is here right I, now. You <laughs> sounded uncannily like Chase Hudson. That was upsetting. This <laughs> fire. Um, today, if you're listening to this episode of our podcast, before 2 p.m. Eastern Standard Time, very exciting event is going to be occurring at that time. We're going to be dropping a video on YouTube for the first time in like... What, a year? Let's two, not think about two it. Two years? Too long. Remember when we were a YouTube channel? Yeah, it <laughs> <that> was
2: hilarious. <laughs>
0: Guys, uh, we're, a, we're a new media project. That's what yes. we are. Quest
2: released on Christmas of 2020?
1: Yeah, but I released the voter fraud video. Yeah, that's true. Right. Like a, two weeks after that. Okay. So
2: <laughs> it's only been a year and two months.
0: Anyway, uh, um, you know, I've been working on this video for a long time time and yep. it's taken a while for us to edit it and put it together but i honestly think the finished product is pretty cool and it's all about tiktok influencers and sort of th- what influencer culture means as a whole if you're interested in checking it out go to our youtube channel which you can find linked on our website worstpossible.world uh we're also going to be posting a link to it on the patreon and in the episode description in order to sort of do something fun that aligns with the release of the video, I forced Brian and AJ to watch some of these new reality TV shows about TikTok influencers.
1: Nothing I have ever made anyone watch or will ever make anyone watch will be as bad as this, I fucking
0: love inflicting psychic pain on you, my Um, dude. Um...
2: I who interesting. I who Oh, you're going to say you liked it. No, no. I think
0: <laughs> I think
2: there was some interesting idea at the at the core of the Demilio show. At least by the end of the <laughs> pilot there was something there, but no. High House is devoid of anything and everything because they actually don't focus a lot on the Hype House because the personalities inherent in the current version of the Hype House are hollow husks of humans.
0: Yeah, there's nothing there. No. Yeah, the interesting people
1: don't live in the Hype House They're and all get at in the
0: <laughs> Yeah, so let's <laughs> start yeah. off then by talking about Hype House. Uh, this show bow, 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 is... Wow. This show yep. was released Netflix on first, second week of uh, January, something like that.
2: Eight episodes dropped. They're all about like a half hour each, like 23 minutes to a half hour each. Watching them feels like time travel because by the end of it, you feel like 90 years older. Yeah,
0: no, you definitely experience time dilation. It's like. Being too high. (laughs) The producers of the show kind of come from two
2: very distinct camps. Mm. Uh, There are some that helped produce a thing called The Hype Life. I I think The Hype Life was just the pilot. That was Kit Gordon, Will Nothaker, and Eric Wattenberg, uh, who produced The Hype Life and seemed to be more in the camp of, like... Immersed inside the Hype House culture. And mm. then they brought on three producers who were have a lot of experience with real housewife stuff. So you have New yeah, Jersey, and, Salt
1: Lake Lady like Atlanta. Stars, one of the producers oh. of Pawn Stars is one of the executive producers on this. And, right. and I, I you can definitely see that influence. Because the first thing you notice when you start getting into this Hype House show is it's very very scripted. I'm surprised this isn't produced by, like, Thomas Petro or somebody. Like, is that, he just, that's yeah. where Does he they not really have a credit stumbled. on
0: this? Mm-hmm. Really?
1: Mm-hmm. You know, but they're like, yeah, let's get little Huddy, you know, let's make this whole argument where that's like, it's clear they resolved this issue before they shot the Long
0: first episode. Ago. And also, <laughs> it's
2: not an issue,
0: really. <laughs> where we start with Hype House, this very first episode, which is what we're going to be recapping here. A hype House divided. <laughs> I actually ended up watching the whole goddamn thing, which, uh, I can provide a little bit additional context from having watched that but obviously Mm -hmm. we i will not recap the other episodes for both for your sanity and the sanity of our audience we we start out with uh, an interview with thomas petro right and thomas is basically the guy who learn
2: from a sinner
0: Thomas He's- Petro. <laughs> All right. Thomas Petro is really at this point the guy in the Hype House. He's the guy who yep. recruits new talent in, oversees sort of content distribution, who signs deals, and who ultimately tells people who live in the house what to do. And we really are probably ought to take a step back from that even and clarify yep. what the hype house even is. Yes. Right?
2: It is a hive of scum and villainy where A bunch of teenagers make TikToks three times a day, and if they don't make them three times a day, Thomas Petro screams at them. They live in a McMansion, right? Right. It just kind of looks bad. Like, this, the Hype House, even in this show, is not the original Hype House. This one is a very different one that somehow looks infinitely worse than the original. Yeah,
0: yeah, for sure. I mean, the aesthetic of this whole thing is, like you said, it's aspirational, but only if... Your idea of aspirational is going to the Cheesecake Factory every yeah. week.
1: So so the Hype House started kind of at the same time as COVID-19. COVID was big for TikTok in right. general. Massive. There was this like ET went through and they talked to the people who were at the Hype House at the time. There's no furniture. There's no professional equipment, which is the craziest thing. Everyone just has just the ring same lights. like yeah. $40 newer stands that I have. <laughs> right yeah as someone who's been unemployed for 2 years and and single ring lights for everything and when we come to this hype house that's in the TV show it's really not much different they're trying no. to avoid showing just how unfurnished that place absolutely. is absolutely right but it's a trash heap
2: the thing that really strikes me about the ET interview uh where he uh did a TikTok where he just stuck his finger up and waddled a little bit is that there was like to bringing uh, back, like, the dances of the 1920s. <laughs> yeah.
0: I wish you could see what I'm doing
1: right
2: now,
0: but I'm doing he's that he's little doing thing dance. He, Josh, Josh is doing is a really wiggling good his dance. Finger
1: like the old man in the Betty Boop
2: cartoon. Yeah, that's what it is, yeah. <laughs>
0: <laughs> Making that into a musical. You could um, call me Mr. Boop.
2: Is that... Uh, E.T. went a long way towards glitzing up that place. Do you know what I mean? Like, it, it, it still had this sort of air of like sophistication about it yeah sure in the extended long form ones they showed the piles of trash that were just like gathered around because it's a bunch (laughs) of teenagers in the house and no one knows how to clean up after themselves but in the netflix one where they seemingly have infinitely more money in order to make this show the house looks worse you can see cracks in things there's a fast forward thing in the pilot where a piece of paper or like Tissue, like toilet paper, is floating in the fountain in yes. fast motion. This, this idea comes from like incubators,
1: right? These like, yeah. you know, season one of Silicon Valley, like yeah. Aviato. Aviato? And, and And also like <laughs> eSports teams have had these kinds of incubators. There's also like, you know, in the world of modeling, there are a lot of houses that are just like model houses. Oh, this is how Jeffrey Epstein was able to thrive. But right. anyway, um, and <sighs> Nygaard and all those guys. But, uh, yeah. you know, they decide what if we do this but for... Content makers for people who, and specifically, right. f- these are, these are all TikTokers, right? None of these people are really doing stuff on YouTube. Um, no, Alex or, has a big, Alex uh, does. And also- Alex is, oh, that makes sense c- for what he does. Okay. And the fact, the fact that Alex just does like these sort of jackass, like old stunt kind of things mm-hmm. is so like, it feels like the stuff that was big on YouTube 10 years ago. Yeah. Like people could kind of make it happen. But then and then all of those fizzled out. It's interesting that he's sort of keeping this running because he has equity in this house. But
0: um, let's frame up our dramatis persona now that we're talking about some of the people. So, again, we've got Thomas Petro. Thomas is the dad of the house. He is the one who is ultimately responsible for making sure that the deliverables get delivered. The next person who we will meet is Chase Lil Huddy Hudson, the prodigal son. He got his start in the hype house and pretty quickly moved out because he wanted to pursue a career in music. Yeah,
1: and he like moved yep. out when he was like 17. Right. Like he he was just a teenager doing TikToks and right. has basically moved on to something else and they frame it as a betrayal.
0: Next person is Nikita. She is 25, living her best fucking life, you know, and she she's trans. A lot of what she is doing now is basically attempting to sort of like recapture the magic of an adolescent Lessons that she wasn't able to have. And she's also the main instigator of every piece of drama in the hype house. She feels very much like
2: an MTV reality show person. Yeah. Yes, absolutely.
0: <laughs> then we have Alex. Uh, Alex is the oh, boy. silly, approachable, boy-next-door, totally normal prankster guy. Sociopath. And just like any ordinary boy-next-door, you know, he drives a Rolls Royce. Yeah, he went from him and his girlfriend
1: being like 17 and living in a car to now he has, like, 40 cars.
0: Alex's girlfriend is named Cover, and she... It's like
1: that. It's like an uh, American movie
2: where they're like, do you mean your movie's called Coven? Uh, the name of the film is Coven. It's pronounced Coven, man.
0: What else could it be pronounced?
1: Uh, coven. Uh, that's the proper pronunciation.
0: No 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 no. no, 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 no. Coven sounds like oven, man, and that's just, it doesn't work.
1: Uh, unless you want to put an umlaut or something over the O.
0: A what? You mean those, <laughs> oh, hold on a second, those two dots? yes possible (laughs) (laughs) i can only really describe cover as deeply deeply long-suffering last but not least we have larry larry is also (laughs) somebody larry larry's larry's really cool um, as far as these people go, at least. I yes. like Larry. The twink of the century. And actually ends up going out and creating his own uh, content house with a bunch of other twinks. Like It would
1: have made a lot of sense in 2005 as an MTV show. And MTV really knew how to just make everything worse at every turn. Mm-hmm. Right. Whereas this show is just like an ad. It feels like an ad, even though it's not produced by the owners of the Hype House, as far as I can tell. Yeah. yeah. Um, and it's it's just like... Here's another fucking episode. Who gives a shit?
0: Look, I made you some content in the, yeah. in the words of Bo Burnham.
1: Like, I mean, I, I, I also wonder with it being like a reality show like this, like, are these kids even making any money off of this whatsoever? Like, what? Like, they probably cut a bad deal with Netflix oh, for this. Almost one. certainly, oh, I absolutely. Mean,
0: Thomas Petru probably negotiated the deal, and the deal was probably yeah. really not favorable to anyone. <laughs> Except for Thomas. Pa- oh, yeah. even Thomas not No, pa- I don't know. I'm not sure he scored a good deal for himself, to be you honest. Know, it's
1: just like it's like the venues are just so different. It's like, who are you trying to get to watch this show? Because it's not going to be the kids who love and adore them on, on TikTok. TikTok. No, no, they're not going to watch this draggy, hoary, old Netflix reality show no. about them. And the yeah. people who are going to come across it and going to watch it are going to be the people who are just like screeching about it on IMDb. Yes. It's just like some Reddit losers who are just like, this show is the collapse of society. Nothing has ever
0: been this bad before. (laughs) Maybe that's what they were aiming for, you know, maybe they were aiming for the hate views, views. but the problem is it's not interesting enough to even rise to that level. And that's where most
2: reality shows really double down, right? They, they put a lot of people with very big personalities together and then you just watch what happens. And you know, a lot of that's scripted, but sometimes, you know, you get, like, a really wonderful improvised moment because they just have these enormous personalities. And I can't stress enough how boring Thomas Petro is to watch. They're very obsessed with being canceled. Yeah. Like, that is, like, the prime fear for all of them is that all this will vanish because of a thing that, quote, they didn't even do. Right. Uh, You're right, Brian. In terms of, like, structure of this thing, like, nobody wants... It's trying to be both a reality show And a TikTok, they have little bits interspersed throughout, like you know, uh, that have titles like "Enter the Dragon" or something. It's
1: Uh, it's so insane! Yeah, both of these shows have titled segments, like an episode of Frasier. um, (laughs) the The crazy thing is when you watch them making their TikToks they're still just using a ring light and like propping their phone up against a yeah. wall or something. Yeah. And it's like, you're surrounded by other people who make these things. You could have someone with a, a little like phone jib. You could have people holding things. You could set up three lights. You, you can, can do all, those all kinds fucking, of things. They, they
0: don't even use like gimbals on their on their phones. No. Like They're just doing it the way that
1: you would normally do a TikTok, but that's probably part of the demand is like the, the sort of... I think of it's the aesthetic, More yeah. amateurish aspect of it, but it's, it's crazy to me. It's like you' here you have all of these professionals together, and there's no actual collaboration between anybody, yeah, so then it just becomes the yeah this uh factory,
0: yeah. So now that we have our Dramatis Personae and we've sort of gotten you a feel for the overall vibe of the thing, let's real quick go through and sort of recap this beat by beat in terms of what we see in this first episode, right? So the whole thing opens with Thomas, again, our god king, um, (laughs) doing a little interview. All of the talking head moments are shot in this bus that's out front for some reason. It's like a decommissioned school bus. I assume
1: that was like his brand because he lived in a a van or something. That's all I could figure. And so
0: Petro is basically saying that his goal is why can't influencers be A-list celebs? And so in order to do this, he created the Hype House, which again is in his terms, a content house. We hear this frequently throughout a the show. House. It's they, a content house. The content house. They want to make very clear, by the way, because Hype House is a registered trademark, which I go into more detail about in the video. Yeah. Saying we live in a Hype House would dilute the trademark in the same way that saying I'm using Kleenex dilutes Kleenex's trademark over Kleenex brand tissue. So whenever right. they're talking about where they live, they say that they live live in a content house. The Hype House is located in Moore Park, which is very far west. It's actually closer to Ventura than it is to L.A. Like, it's way the hell out there.
2: I'm starting my own Hype House in Needles. So, I'm starting my own hype house in UC Merced. <laughs> <laughs> a school, by the way, that me and all my friends got into because it was the first year they were open. And They were like, oh my God, somebody come here. Now, more people have to go there because they can't go to Berkeley or whatever. Yeah, exactly. Oh, God. <laughs> um, so I, I went to Berkeley for a semester. I you mean, did? I did not Oh, yeah. Did you not know this? This story? Berkeley thought I went there for a semester. Oh, that's right. Yeah, (laughs) they They kept emailing me saying, hey, you haven't been showing up to your classes. You're going to fail out. And I'm like, I'm at NYU. (laughs) 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 But I think somebody was
0: actually using going there in my name. So if you're out there, whoever you are, I hope you learn something. One of the big claims that Thomas Petro makes in this sort of introduction is that he launched the Demelios. He launched Charlie yeah, Demilio. He <laughs> he, he he's not fucking true. He at launched all. <laughs> Addison Ray. You know, he <laughs> launched these uh, influencers who have now sort of begun to make their pivot into legacy media. I mean, maybe which,
1: he had something to do with it, but like he was not the launch. No, he, was he sure like, was not. He
0: was
2: step two or three. Yes, uh, he's sure not mentioned in the Demilio show. I'll tell yeah, he is not. Now.
0: They don't even name check him or the <laughs> Hype mm. House. It's mm. crazy.
1: Well, they probably can't name check the Hype House because of the trademark that that Big Buddy <laughs> has on
0: it right thomas says i don't want something i've worked really hard for to fade away and that ultimately becomes the animating conflict at the core of this series yeah yeah if they can't keep the eyeballs coming if they can't keep the views on their content they might just fade away now they've banked millions of dollars but you know if they fade away you know fucking god forbid
1: right that that's the interesting thing that and they talk about this with like you know the way that people treat them online, talk to them, and things like that is like they want to be relevant, right? But there's 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 no there there. At the very best, there is a showcase of incredible talent mm-hmm. and like athleticism if they're dancing and stuff like right. that. You know, sure. backflips and stuff.
0: As with Charlie D'Amelio, who again we'll talk about later, but she's right. a genuinely talented dancer. Yeah, they have to keep relevant. They have
1: to keep current. But there's no actual meaning to what that is. There's nothing whole. Yeah. There is nothing that that runs any deeper that that allows them to do anything resonant. All they can do is be current, which unfortunately that will fade
2: away. That fades away for literally everybody. Yeah, literally everybody, on Earth. it you, must.
1: You- <laughs> Everybody yeah, will does. happen
2: to you, right? But uh, and and this doesn't happen in the first episode. But uh, there's an al th- like Alex. I think is incredibly fascinating because he's he's chasing, as you said, Brian, that two thousands YouTube thing of being mm-hmm. like bad jackass, basically. Yeah, uh, and I he just s- had no idea there was a market for that anymore. <laughs> uh, he says at one point, if my numbers are going down, I must be doing something wrong. So what am I doing wrong, and how can I get those people back? Mm-hmm. He's just like we have to keep going bigger. We have to keep going bigger, right. bigger, bigger. But there's a point where you can't go any bigger without dying. Yeah. Your numbers can just go down, which is
1: also why we don't primarily make YouTube videos. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> it's like because we put out a video that was good and got some numbers, and then we put out another video two months later that was good and got nothing. Right. Yeah. And we didn't do any like. There's nothing. There is no meritocracy to it. It was just oh, one video didn't get any views. And it was like,
2: oh, we can't keep doing this on a pure gamble like well, this. And I feel for the kids because it is exhausting. Um, yeah, yeah. Uh, yeah. Having to make all this content so like every single day, just keep going, going, going. You're going to burn out eventually.
0: When the entire demand is to continue to create, 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 you do end up ultimately at the whims of an algorithm because that's yeah. the way yeah. that these products work.
1: Yeah, you don't own the platform. You don't even have communication with the owners of the platform, right? If you were right, on regular right. television, you would. You'd have some you sort of the network, right? Delegation. You'd be doing notes. Yeah. Yeah, you go it, it has a ladder up and down. With YouTube, YouTube is not a producer. They're a yeah. marketplace. Yep. And so your relationship with them is the same as like a a TV star's relationship with a Zenith salesman. It's <laughs> <Yeah>. just there <laughs> yeah. isn't one. There's just a, a veil, like unless you are PewDiePie uh, and, you know, you probably do have like some direct lines to YouTube. But like, especially yeah. with TikTok, too, like it, it's, it's a, even more it's, opaque, I'd imagine. Yeah, it's a big black curtain yep, and you're not going to be able to stare through that. Right? Well,
0: and a lot of that comes back to first mover advantage, right? Like yeah. a lot of the people who were the biggest stars initially in the first iteration of the hype house became that way because they got blessed by the algorithm. Yeah. Um, you know, it, And that doesn't really happen in the same way anymore because Mm -hmm. the platform now has over 1 billion users. It is a much more saturated market and you can carve out a niche, but it's not possible anymore in the way that it was because I I actually started using TikTok right after it was no longer musically. So like I was one of the first users of TikTok, quote unquote, and I watched it grow as a platform and it was really interesting to see how suddenly during, again, the pandemic, there was this boom and all of a sudden, everybody was using the app and you had these people blow up overnight. I I watched that happen with the Hype House people, with Charlie, and it was wild how quickly it happened. What ends up happening next in this episode then is we go and we see Lil Huddy, who again is one of those same people who was blessed early on by the algorithm for just basically doing e-boy thirst traps, right?
2: Are we not going to talk about the sumo wrestler?
0: Oh, we do need to talk about the
2: sumo wrestler. Um, To to begin... Hype House as the first like bit that they do with the title (laughs) card. Uh, being with an actual sumo wrestler wrestling one of the blonde boys. Is it Vincent? Is it Vinny? I don't know. I, I, I genuinely I, I, don't remember. Literally, you can swap him out. It's um, Brian. It's me.
0: But, uh, <laughs> just don't do this. Don't do
2: this! Just don't do this. Don't do this. Uh, they, ke- they keep doing, like, these, like, quote-unquote comedic cutaways to every time, like, the sumo wrestler, like, gets into position, and it's just, like, it's a guy doing his job, man. It's It felt gross. This is, again, but, like, this is also
1: old reality show producers, these are the producers of Pawn Stars yeah, and Real right. Housewives yeah. making this because their primary audience is people who watch actual broadcast TV, right? Their primary audience is people right. who are in their 60s, and now they're making a show about the Hype House. Which is and so weird, too, to because, again, younger.
0: this this show is on Netflix. Like, what are you yeah, doing? It's truly yeah.
1: bizarre. Who is this show for? We're, I don't we'll know. Talk, we'll talk about the history of reality shows on another episode at some point, but reality shows exist primarily because they cost nothing to make. Right. Right. They don't pay anyone anything at any part of the process. The editors, the camera people, the sound people, the PAs, the producers, uh, uh except for the actual like producer producers who who own the product, no one's getting paid shit. It's it's all it's all a union duck. Like it's yeah. who knows how Netflix produces what it produces. But the hype house is just a very very small part of their ledger that they're just like, yeah, sure, eight episodes who gives a fuck. Right.
2: Like, it's a way you duck, duck the WGA as well because yeah. there are no they writers, have writers. It's reality, but they have writers, right. and mm-hmm. it's there. Um, and the last thing before we go, we jump to um, Huddy's Hacienda.
0: Huddy's Hacienda, baby,
2: which is how it's introduced. Um, is that Tommy uh, Thomas Petro claims that he doesn't make a percentage off anyone's stuff because he doesn't like to consider himself a manager. Like he says, "I'm not a manager because I don't take money from their stuff." But he takes money from their ad deals.
0: Yeah, I have. I have not. Have you been able to figure out? what the deal structure actually is because I've watched numerous interviews with him and I cannot figure it out. Well,
2: because he he contradicts himself all the time. He admitted yep. in one thing, he's like, oh, but I do take a cut of like the ad revenue. But then he stopped even saying that because I right. think he probably got in trouble for it. Right. He wants you to believe that he's doing this out of the goodness of his heart, that he wants to like cultivate this talent and like, you know, really push the brand forward. But you, he never really admits that it's just all about getting that ad money.
0: Yeah, I mean, it's, it's it's all about the money for everyone, right? Because, yeah. it, which is fine. I just wish that they would concede that point. There's nothing wrong with making money. Just be honest about it. Ale- Alex might be in it for, like, higher artistic integrity.
2: He wants to try and, like, actually be a filmmaker. But, well, Huddy uh, wants
0: to make music. Well, which is why
2: Huddy's not doing this other stuff exactly. anymore. <laughs> so let's 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 get to where
0: where we see him in this episode then. So yes, we arrive at Huddy's hacienda and we have a big title card to that effect. Yep. Uh, his house looks like the inside of a cheesecake factory, and one of which them is, says which as much. Said, which somebody just comes out and says, "It's awesome." He says that he got made fun of for doing social media in high school, which I his parents I
2: took him out of school so he could do online courses, so he could really pursue social media. Dark. This is sort, yeah. This is sort of the specter that haunts over this and the D'Amelio show that we'll get to later. But it's the parents of these kids. Yeah, yeah. This seems more like Lil Huddy was getting a lot of money and he needed to focus on that instead of school. And more specifically, he's making his parents a lot of money. Well, and again, to
1: be very clear, the
2: owner of the trademark of the term hype house is Chase Hudson's dad. Is right. Big yeah. Huddy and Huddy's hacienda also? It just—it looks very sad to me. It's filled with a lot of foosball. It's—he has two foosball tables. He has a lot of pinball machines. He's got like
0: five pinball machines. Yeah, I mean, it's what
2: would happen if a nineteen-year-old was given a mansion. I want to be very clear that I don't blame any of these influencers for you know accepting the money and going through well, that's this. That's where you and I part ways, AJ. Oh sure, okay. <laughs> I just I feel like these have been kids who have been manipulated into one way of thinking and they yes. just haven't had any exposure to like any of the outside world. And so and anyone who tries to tell them what the outside world is, is labeled a hater. Well, and plus, there
1: genuinely are
2: just haters,
1: right? There, right. Are, there just are people those, who yeah. are frothing at the mouth to freak out whenever they see that an influencer is doing something.
0: Which um, is, to be clear, bad, like really yeah. bad. A lot it's of the stuff. Not that, yes, not Cancel culture. It's far older than that. Yeah. Yeah. And it's
1: something that has in the particular form where you can actually directly communicate with the famous person you hate. It's as old as the Internet, the very old forum days. But now they're using the phrase cancel culture. But a lot of it is just people saying, hey, kill yourself. Right. For no reason. For literally no reason. And, and, and,
0: right? and that is wrong. That is deeply wrong. Yes, to- yes. It's uh, a bad thing.
1: It is an incredibly bad thing, and it's an incredibly old thing. But
0: what the, I think that the difference, and this is actually a, a point that I wanted to make, is that whereas in the past, letters telling you to kill yourself were, I mean— People would get physical letters to that effect, you know, from insane fucking people all the time. But there's a big difference between that and the way that the Internet works where anybody can do it at any time. And the effort threshold is so low and the anonymity is so apparently absolute that people think that they can just do it with impunity and never see the consequences of their actions. That's the big difference. Yeah.
1: Who was it? It was one of the, the Night Vale people did a podcast that was conversations with people who hate me. Yeah. Um, Yeah. The the guy who plays Carlos. uh, Yeah. The first couple people that he talks to, He was like, well, why did you say this? He's like, I don't know. Yeah, that's usually the response. Like, I don't, like, it's like, I don't even remember saying it. Right. Because we also have, now that we have this sort of uh, feedback loop, we have these algorithmic online communities, right? That's, that's still relatively new, especially with the way that that they have modified the algorithm within the last decade, is that it thrives on conflict. Right. Conflict sort of gets more engagement anyway. So then it just pushes conflict even further until there is nothing to engage with aside from the things that you hate, which is why we have a <laughs> podcast.
0: Face, um, Facebook, <laughs> made,
2: <laughs> oh, Facebook made
0: the uh, angry react like 10 times more powerful than the other reacts or something like that. Yep. Yep. Just awesome. well, and it's, like,
1: it's like, you know, with Twitter, you can You can browse in two different ways, right? There's the one where you just see, like, shit that is from no one you follow or anything like that. And then there's the, like, live feed that's supposed to be more normal. But, like, if I look through my live feed right now on Twitter, 90% of the tweets I'm going to see are all going to be retweets or quote tweets. Mm -hmm. They're not going to be the original posts made by the people who—and especially not the people who I follow who follow me. Yeah, your mutuals, yeah, you almost see, see, never see. I will see. never see anything you you any of you say. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> unless unless you
2: are replying to someone, quote tweeting them, or just retweeting them. Right. It's more about skipping the stone down the line and building the mass following behind one tweet, yeah. as opposed to just showing you and, everything. And what drives time. most of the retweets, quote tweets, and replies? It's argument. Yeah. <laughs> it's it's the character of the day. It's being dead.
1: And so with with TikTok, you have this platform that's presumably built on, like, admiring people, right? TikTok is—Twitter uh, is about grubby people arguing— in general, like just dirty, horrible people who make no monetization off of any of this stuff. But like Instagram and TikTok, there are these aspirational figures that you're supposed to see whose bodies look great. Mm-hmm. With TikTok, they can dance. They have nice pictures and nice lights and nice expensive Beautiful houses that look like houses. the Cheesecake
0: Factory. Yeah, some but great but editing then skills.
1: The engagement is still going to be
2: driven up by people saying, "Hey, nice dance. Kill yourself." Right. Yeah. Um, <laughs> I think that kind of comment explains the emptiness behind a little huddy's eyes yeah. when describing his relationship with thomas petro he said yeah we yeah. were four lifers but well, there's and, no meaning behind and, it and it's huddy, just yeah. words. so we
1: see huddy at his house and then we see him at a photo shoot right yes. and he's because he's broken off he's going into a more traditional into a more traditional medium by being a musician selling albums right. taking pictures getting magazine covers or whatever yeah. And this shoot is yeah. for
0: Mood magazine, which is like a high fashion thing. We meet Nikita, who again as mentioned before is really the plot driver of much of what happens here.
1: Yeah, so we we have these scripted scenes. We have these scripted scenes that are like they talk to each other like like you 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 can tell it at the photo shoot where all of yeah. a sudden it's just like by the way. Right. <laughs> Have you, have you talked to Thomas Petro? Right. Oh yeah, this weekend, it's going to be, yeah, well, <laughs> we're r- really going to have to talk about some stuff. Yeah. It like goes from the scene yeah. where she's walking in and just like absolutely crazy and just, you know, performing for the camera in right. some way, but in, on her own terms. And this is to, Nikita again coming to, in. Nikita, yes. yes. To the both of them just being like, here's the thing that we're supposed to say that's going to connect. Cause this could have been like three months after You know, like that dinner scene, you know, who knows?
0: Well, and it's also hard to know chronologically where you are, even with the stuff saying three months later, three months, whatever. Which is like,
1: that's classic reality show
0: They are actually taking stuff out of sequence and playing with it. Like something that they did, for example, that comes up a little bit later on in the series is that they generated a fake storyline about uh, Larry (laughs) testing positive for COVID and going to a party anyway. Completely false. They, they, they created a fake, plot by stitching together a few funny. things retroactively and adding some connective tissue. <laughs> Part of what's probably going on here too is that when the hype house LLC was originally established, you had Thomas and uh Huddy working together with Huddy's dad sort of facilitating the creation of that whole thing. So there's like historical context here too. And it's all very, very unclear, even from reading the historical documentation of what happened.
1: They have dinner. Huddy goes over to the house. They have another very scripted scene. You come to me on the day of my 20 year old (laughs) girlfriend. We just need to, we just need to clear the air, you know? Huddy, I just, I need to address the issue. Yeah. You know, I'm sensitive to COVID-19. But, um, <laughs> but. <laughs> uh, Thank you, Trevor Strong. Like, we love you. <laughs> uh, the episode's over. Yeah. And then we go into an episode where Alex is berating his girlfriend.
0: And, and um, also later on, mm-hmm. by the way, uh, a big thread that just, just to like really cement how fucked the whole situation with Alex is. Yeah. He ends up as a bit, as a prank as a piece of content doing mm-hmm. an entire fake wedding wait on the show yeah and, and this is like a piece of content that they're generating for the channel for his, or whatever channel yeah so it wasn't a real wedding no it was a comprehensive fake wedding that they generated for the purpose of content which ironically actually didn't even hit the numbers that Alex was hoping for probably because <laughs> it was terrible <laughs> and made people feel bad yeah, yeah no
2: that's the thing about all prank shows right at a certain point if you aren't the one suffering the prank like that's the genius of jackass right, Right. Oh, jackass right. so good. Jackass
1: everybody suffers also like most of the time with Jackass there isn't a prank it's just like let's hurt ourselves now right. we yeah. know
2: precisely how we're going to hurt ourselves yeah and Alex's whole thing is making other people hurt themselves for his amusement yeah. which is
0: uh scary but uh you in know in many cases emotionally
2: yes oh absolutely most <laughs> cases emotionally uh so in the first episode he and Cover go strawberry picking uh right. and he confides that he spends around 70k on YouTube videos a month. Like, that is his budget. Uh, So when he's riding around on a tractor, a thing that he does not know what it is, uh, he says, how much is this tractor? And the guy driving the tractor says, oh, it's between... 5,0 5000 and 15000 he's like I'm going to buy a tractor and Cover's like please don't buy a tractor and he's like I'm going <laughs> well he to had buy also,
1: a yeah he had driven his Rolls-Royce out to the strawberry fields driving it on a fucking dirt road
0: later on there's a whole bit where he's arguing with Cover about whether or not he should buy another Tesla like it's it's just it's just conspicuous consumption and it's very well and conspicuous consumption gives you views right
1: but you can also like what the real heads know, like that guy who used to do those ads before YouTube videos where he's like, look in my garage, I have two fucking whatever they were. <laughs> but like, he didn't actually have those cars. Right. <laughs> That's how you do conspicuous consumption for the sake
0: of your viewers. Yeah, you don't actually you buy it. you rent
1: shit for a day right. <laughs> yeah, and pretend that you
0: own it. <laughs> actually right. buying the stuff is a sucker's game. Why would you do that? Yeah, absolutely. You know how the whole
2: thing kind of looks like a Bluth... Mansion in sudden Valley. Yeah, is hype house just Joe Bluth bringing in all of like his little magician friends to live under one roof? Like, because it, it's kind of seems Listen, like. Listen, Michael. Ju- yeah, it's a content house. <laughs> <laughs> it's not a hype house. It's a content house, Michael.
0: Joe, I don't care about you and your hype house. It's a content house, Michael. It's Michael. Content house.
1: It's a house where we make content. <laughs> Thomas
2: <laughs> Petro would sing. It ain't easy being white.
1: <laughs> I think the important thing to know about the Hype House is that it's always hiding something from you. Mm. And it's also hiding something from the people there. Like the entire prospect of this house in general and of this business and of whatever the Hudsons are doing and whatever Petro is doing is that it has to be obfuscated. They have to keep Mm -hmm. this forced informality on top of all of it. And it's because they're doing really shady shit to the actual talent.
0: Yeah. Yeah. And I, I think something that's so telling as well uh, to that very point, you know, this is a business, clearly. Mm-hmm. And there is a lot of money that is being made right now. But yeah. at multiple points in the Hype House show, as well as in other uh, Hype House related media, Petro will say, that thing that you never want to hear a boss say, which is we're all just a big family here. (laughs) Oh, God. And when you blur the line between professional obligations and social responsibilities and social obligations and, like, how you connect informally, you begin to abuse people Emotionally, for the sake of the bottom line. And it happens a lot. It happens a lot, and it happens in a lot of different places. The big difference here, though, is that because something like the hype house is so structured around relationships and the relationships are necessary in order for the product to succeed. It becomes then very difficult to delineate what the responsibilities ought to be. And so (laughs) instead you just get this general sense of like, you gotta be part of the family in order to succeed here in the hype house. And the hype house can only succeed if we are all family. But also make three videos. Or I will yell at you. (laughs) Right, because
1: at the end of the day, there's one person who's making more money and who has actual control. Right. And the other people do not have that control.
0: So really the Hype House show <laughs> because as it goes on we you know see more bullshit go down eventually we see that the different pieces of the brand are starting to disintegrate we have different cliques that have formed as a result of you know the different ways that the brand has splintered and petru no, no longer is able to exert complete control over all of these different factions and you know that's normal But more than anything else, what this shows us is that the nature of this kind of thing is extremely fickle. It's based as much on chance as it is anything else. And it's definitely not sustainable. Oh, absolutely. And you look at people like Alex,
2: who's just like, I must be doing something wrong because my numbers are going down. And you have to think about like just the catastrophic effects this has on their like sense of self mm-hmm. and their sense of like well-being which we will talk about more when we talk about the d'amelio show right after this. All
1: right folks, that's it for this preview. This is a premium episode, so if you want to hear the whole thing, go on over to Patreon and if you want to see more in-depth discussion of this for free, head on over to YouTube. We have a link in the episode description right here. All right. See you later.